Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hi, everyone. Um, I don't see anybody here yet, so I will give it a few seconds for people to tune in. Um, I hope that you can hear me okay. I'm using a different camera than I have in the past, so hopefully it all works. Um, it uh, was a game tonight. It's It's been a season. Um I think it, it's really time to have a conversation with the Flyers. So I was really, really excited today when I saw um, that Martel and Moran were called up. Like, for me, this was what the team should have looked like in the beginning of the season. Um, they needed to have Sam Moran up, and they needed to have one of their AHL wingers, whether it was Martel, who in fairness, nobody anticipated this was happening, um, or if it was going to be Oscar Lindblom. Um, So this is what the team should have looked like, in my opinion, from the beginning of the season. It's not great. So this is what I think is going on with the team right now. And then then I'll start to dig into the the game a little bit. in the past few years, um, can we have an Eagles chat? This is from Andrew. Uh, we could, <laughs> but you're not going to get a whole lot from me other than, you know, they're winning the Super Bowl this year. Um, so for me, the last few years of this team, they've been really easy to write off because the defense has been horrific over the past few years. So first we had Ghost come up and he saved the day. And then we had Provorov come up and he saved probably the decade. Um, But that's it. So it's just been, the defense has been bad. So we gave the forwards a lot of passes and a lot of leeway because they were making up for a lot of the the defensive liabilities. Um, That's not really the case anymore. So... Yes, Brandon Manning is still on the team and he is still playing. It's bad. Um, Yes, Andrew McDonald is still on this team. He's injured, so he's not playing, but he's still around, and that is bad. But when it comes to defense, you know, everybody else is good. They're at, at minimum serviceable. So we have... Ivan Provorov, who I'm convinced is the second coming of Jesus. Ivan Provorov is one of the only things that I'm thankful for on this Thanksgiving Eve. Um, Then you've got Travis Sanheim, who I was worried about in the preseason. You know, he looked like a guy who was just trying to do too much. Um, and, and he wasn't doing anything particularly well. Um, that's not true anymore. So he's found his niche. He's found his game. And Travis Sanheim 
is very, very good. Um, he's very comfortable with the puck. Right now, I would say 21 games into the season, he's probably um, the most proficient defenseman in the offensive zone that we have. And and this is a brand new into the NHL. So Travis Sanheim, I love the kid. Um, then you have Shane Gossesbear, who I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people saying things about Ghost needing to sit. And, you know, I really, really love Shane Gossesbear. Was tonight his best game? No. Does he need to sit? Absolutely not. So whatever he – this is my cat, Shenner, who apparently wants to play with us. Um, Shane Gossesbear is a very good defenseman. He's an offensive defenseman, so you're not going to get the same type of play out of him as you're going to get from Ivan Provorov. But it, it was a rough game. It was a rough game tonight, and he needed to cover his guy in overtime, and he didn't do that. So there could be a million reasons as to why he didn't do that, but he didn't do that. So that's that's a problem. Um, <laughs> so Shenner's just going to hang out with us, and that's just how it's going to be. Um, then you've got Robert Haig, who is a very solid and sturdy defenseman, even if Charlie doesn't like him which is really just me ribbing at Charlie. So he doesn't have very good underlying stats. He doesn't have very good predictive numbers. Now Shenner is pushing the computer away from me. This needs to stop, bud. Um, so Jason Isaacs is saying, I guarantee if they sit ghosts, they'll win immediately. So who are you going to play instead of Shane Gostisbehere? Are you going to bring up Mark Alt again? Because that's a problem. This is nothing against Mark Alt, but he's just not an NHL defenseman. He's played in the NHL for a handful of games, but he's not an NHL defenseman. And that's just what it is. So it's not his fault that he got sent down. It's not his fault that he got swapped out for Sam Moran. He's just not the future of this team. Um, so uh, Andrew McDonald will probably be back soon. He might be back as soon as Friday. I don't actually know, um, but he'll be back. And if the team starts winning when he comes back, that is not a reflection of Andrew McDonald and his talent. That is not a reflection of whoever sits for him when he returns. And my personal feeling is if it is not Brandon Manning that sits for Andrew McDonald when he returns, then there is a big, big problem. Um, then we have Radko Gudis. So I'm just going through the defense, right? So Radko Gudis, who is suspended for 10 games for trying to dismember an opposing player with his stick. Like that, it was just dumb and bad. He is a good defenseman. He's a solid defenseman. So the problems that we're seeing on offense this year are not because of the defensive deficiencies, which is what we've said in the past. The problems are the forwards themselves. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what the answer is, but something needs to change. 
tonight was a step in the right direction, right? So we we got a game without Dale Weiss. We got a game without Yori Laterra. That's awesome. This is this is going the right way. Um, they're they're the the weaknesses on the offense because what do they do? Nothing. They they bring size kind of, and that's it. So. I'm, there's there's a lot of all right. Let's see. I'm gonna start going through the comments. Um. All right. So a lot of Andrew McDonald will save the day. That's not uh, from Alex. It's hard. I think it's hard to judge talent on this team. We're going, and then we have some retreads and a few superstars. You're not wrong. It, it is very difficult to judge the talent on this team. Uh, from Julian Reed, look what Braden Shen is doing in St. Louis. Fifth in the NHL in points. Way to go, Hextall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Braden Shen is a good hockey player. This is what I've been trying to tell you guys for years. Braden Shen is a good hockey player. Pardon me for a second. From Eddie, what are you thankful for? That the Flyers can't lose tomorrow. That is certainly something that I'm thankful for. So they got a point out of tonight. That's awesome. Especially against an in-division team it's good to get a point they're still on the bottom of the division like this is the way that the team is going this year um i'm glancing up at my tv and wayne simmons is on my tv there's something going on with wayne simmons that he if he's not healthy he needs to sit down because it is not helping this team for him to play through whatever is bugging him um, from Mike, haters going to hate, but AMAC led these kids. If you say so, Mike, I don't believe it for a second, but if you say so. Um, from another Mike, Simmons has disappeared. It's not great what's happening with Wayne Simmons. You know, I, I said probably 10 games ago that Wayne Simmons was the only one on this team that I could count on to score when they needed a goal. I don't know where that's been because they've needed goals. Um, let's see. Um, Jared, I don't know how many minutes Martell played. Um, I could probably look it up, but I'm here talking to you guys, so I'm not. Um, but I do know that he was playing in the final minutes of the of the game, of the third period. So he's already earned Hackstall's trust in a very short time where Travis Konechny couldn't do that for the entire season last year. So I don't know. It's good. Um, Patrick saying Raffle's best game. Raffle had a great game tonight. So um, Michael Raffle, and I was having this conversation with um, a friend of mine during the game, and 
it, it seems like Michael Raffle this year is turning into what Sean Couturier has been in previous years, where he's just going to be the whipping boy, and he's not going to be able to score, but he's doing all of the all of the other little things right. And that does seem to be Michael Raffle's role, and he scored a goal tonight, which I think is going to be huge for him moving forward for the rest of the season. Um, he's not a bad scorer, but he needs he needs to do better this year. Um, so Brian is really disappointed with Travis Konechny. Uh Brian, I believe, a little bit further up was really disappointed with Alt. So I, I guess the questions that I have are, what were you expecting from Mark Alt? Because I, I, I don't know how one could be disappointed with Mark Alt when, Shen, stop it, when expectations should have been very, very low because he's not an NHL player. If he if he wasn't, um, if Mark Alt wasn't directly responsible for multiple goals against every single game, then he has exceeded my expectations. Um, David wants to know what alcohol pairs well with a six-game losing streak. The answer is yes. It doesn't matter. Um, there's a lot of... So let's, let's just for a second here talk about the weirdness in these comments about only when women are doing these shows comments about how there's a couch for sale. So like it's only me and Kelly when we do this, these friggin' weirdos show up and ask if our couches are for sale. So I don't know who you are. I don't know why you're here, but it's time to get the fuck out of my chat. Thank you. Okay. So we're talking about Brian Elliott. Um, Elliot had a great game tonight. He can't do it all himself, but I, I think what we've seen is the emergence of our number one goaltender, whereas earlier this season, it may have been a tandem. That is not the case anymore. So Ryan Elliott is running away with this with the net. It's his, it's his job. Michael Neuvert, sorry, bud, you're the backup, and as we see, if you have a bad game, which was yesterday, you're going to get pulled. Um, Andrew, maybe Hextall isn't the genius everyone thinks he is. Um, that is something that we've been wrestling with a little bit. So Ron Hextall is and has been a very good drafter. He has drafted extremely well for this team and has completely restocked at the junior level. So the AHL team, the Phantoms were horrific before Ron Hextall came in and now they're competitive and they're consistently competitive. So that's, that's one person that's Ron Hextall. He did that. He replenished all of the minor league systems and, and, and their stockpile of players. Um, in terms of the prospect pool for the Flyers, also really strong. So not only what we have at the AHL level, but then what we have in in uh, Canadian juniors and the CHL, and then also overseas. He is very, very good at identifying amateur talent. 
when it comes to identifying NHL talent, not good, not good at all. When it comes to extending contracts to veteran level talent, not good. These, these are, these are, this is part of his job. And I would even go so far as to say he's too <laughs> you guys can't see it, but I'm sure you see my computer moving. Shenner is jumping all over the couch around the computer. And he, he's been upstairs for all, all night. So I guess I start talking and he's decided it's playtime. Um, so Ron Hextall has been far too conservative with these prospects. So like I said in the beginning of our time together here, the post game, Calling up Moran, calling up Martell, this is what the team should have been in the beginning of the season. Like It, it should have been a no-brainer, and this is what should have happened. They should be learning together. Nobody thinks that this is a good team. Nobody thinks that this is a cup-winning team. Aware of that, you should be putting together your young core that's going to push forward for when they are ready to win a cup, when all of the pieces have come together. Um, let's see. John is frustrated and sick of watching them lose. Same, bro. Uh, Steven, Lappy and his bad PK has been so terrible. Yeah, let's talk about the PK. So I don't have the numbers in front of me. I was looking for them during the game. So last year, we had Chris Vandevelde, Pierre-Edward Belmar as our, our constants on the PK. And they're not here anymore, thank God. So one would think that the PK would get better. It is not, from what I've seen. And this is just the eye test. It is not good. Things are not good out there. So what can be done? Probably the guy that's putting together the system. It, it's not the hockey players, I don't think. If you're a good hockey player, if you're a good hockey player, you should be able to play the PK, and and that's just not. It's just not what they're doing. They're capable of a lot more. Um. We're still talking about Braden Shen. Um, Simmer isn't rallying the players. Brian wants to know, Steph, can we write off G as difference maker and effective captain? No. G is, is Claude Giroux is part of the only line that is scoring. Claude Giroux is one of the only players scoring any goals. There are four lines that have scored more than one goal. There is one line that has scored more than two goals, and that's Claude Giroux, Jake Voracek, and Sean Couturier. They've scored, last I looked, 23 goals as a line. This is, this is not a Claude Giroux problem. Um... All right, how about Martell? Keep him up. Absolutely. Not only am I for 
anything that keeps Laterra and Weiss out of this lineup, but Danique Martel. Let us talk about that little firecracker. So he is a little guy. And I was worried about him. This is why originally I was very hesitant to call him up because I'm like, I'm terrified for him and, and, and his his safety. But at this point, there was you, you couldn't not call him up, right? So little guy gets his shot, uh, had just over 12 minutes on ice, three shots, three shots on goal. Two of those were breakaways, and those were really good chances that he had early in, in the in the game in the first period. He had some really good chances, and I probably would have peed my pants if he scored his first goal in the, scored his first goal in his first game because that was that was incredible. Um, he looks like he's going to be something really special. He is not jaded and he is not negative like the rest of the team right now. They're, they're in they're in the dumps. Like they're in the dark place. We are all in the dark place. Danny Martel is on cloud nine right now. He is getting his shot in the NHL. This is his dream. So we need more of that. We need more of him in the lineup. I think that this needs to be a thing that sticks for the rest of the season. I, I think that he needs to stay. Absolutely. Um, Alex, can we bring up Vecchioni and play with Konechny and Wheel? So that's a good question. Um, Konechny and Wheel are not currently on the same line, so it would take some shuffling, which I'm okay with, um, but that would also mean pulling somebody else out of the lineup, so who would that be? Um, I saw somebody earlier say Taylor Lear, and I, I don't think that that's something that would work for the team. Also, Taylor Lear had a goal tonight, so what they're doing, what they're doing is working kind of they're they're just getting in their own way all the time and when i say they i'm talking about the fourth line most of the time um i i'm going to i'm going to get to the coach shortly um brian wants to know if we can call martel the orange viper yes i've been calling him the orange viper for like an hour i didn't make it up somebody else did but I don't remember who it was. It may have been Allison. I don't know, but I made it up. So let's call, let's call him the Orange Viper. Um, so Mike, after this game, you may need some Jack and Coke versus the wine. I think Hackstall may have lost the team. So I drink wine a lot faster than I would drink Jack and Coke, so that's why it's my choice. Um, Hackstall may have lost the team. Yes. I don't think this is wrong. I, I don't know whether he ever had the team, um, which is, is just pure speculation on my part. Um, I have heard that last year there was a lot of noise in the locker room and there was a lot of, um, a lot of dissent. And there was somebody who was very, very vocal against Dave Hackstall in the locker room. And that person is no longer here. I will let you sit on that for a second. 
So that person, very, very against Dave Haxtell, who is no longer here, had two other strong leaders in the locker room who agreed with him and were the lieutenants to his resistance. Those two are still here. Now, I know that that one, there we go. I was going to say, I know that one glass of wine did not make my, my eyes go blurry. It was the camera. Um, since that person has left, things have calmed down in the locker room. I don't know what it's like right now, but Dave Haxtell does not make good decisions as a coach. Dave Haxtell has historically not made good decisions as a coach. Is what is happening on the team right now his fault? No. Is it not his fault? Also, no. So there are a lot of teams. Um, there are a lot of teams that don't have good coaches. There are a lot of really bad coaches out there, and somehow they make it work. Um, I, I'm trying to keep on point, but also keep up with the, the comments, the conversation, and it's just not going very well. Um, Dave Haxtell sucks. Dave Haxtell tonight may have had the first optimized lineup in his career with the Flyers. Um, I'm just going to scroll through the comments because it's distracting me. Um, Don, is it really just a coincidence that these losing streaks seem to be more and more frequent under Hackstall? No, because um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that he has the urgency. I don't think that he has the fire lit under his ass, and I, I think that he is wildly out of his depth. Um, Evan says, I hope you have a dog back there because I don't trust people who only have cats. I've got a, a dog that is snoring on the floor right here. Yes. <laughs> um, Mike, perhaps Hexdog got lucky in Los Angeles. Did he draft Jonathan Quick? I don't no, I know that he was only assistant GM out in L.A. So even if he was part of the draft for Jonathan Quick, I don't know how much say he had in it. Um, I don't know. Uh, from Ray, I've expected TK to play this season like Martel played tonight. I've hoped that Moran translated to the NHL at this point after tonight. Those two are far and away NHL players. Agree completely. Uh, TK, Travis Konechny has had a decent season. He is doing all of the right things, all of the, the small things correctly. He's just been playing with crap. So, like, he has been playing with the leftover spare pieces that nobody wants and, and are not, we're not in the lineup tonight. So, Travis Konechny, I'm not worried about. Danny Martell, yeah, looks like an NHL player. Sam Moran, he had some jitters. Um, he had some jitters, and I, I'm going to say that some of the, the penalties that were called on him were just that. He He's waited for a long time this season for this call-up, so let's give him another shot. His first game up here, um, 
the first game up here was fine. He was okay. Tonight was a little bit more. Um, from Jason, Patrick seems like he's never going to have the legs to keep up. He is the hands that will always need speedy skilled. He is the hands and will always need speedy skilled wingers to be effective. So Nolan Patrick is not the fastest guy. He is very, very smart. So he's still coming off. He, he's coming off an injury. So he, he didn't have, he didn't have all of last season to prepare for the season in the NHL. He's probably still getting his legs back. I, I'm not really, really worried about Nolan Patrick, and it's o- it's not only because it's not only because I'm I'm the most thankful for him on this Thanksgiving Eve. He's he's very smart, and he does have the hands. And in his one shift with Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek, he scored a goal. So it's there. He's just, he's never going to be fast. Uh, let's see. So, Alex, why was Wheel on the fourth line? He should be playing with Konechny. Jordan Wheel is a interesting, situ- it's an interesting situation with Jordan Wheel. So, in the offseason, um, there were a lot of people who were very high on Jordan Wheel, and I was not one of them um, for for a variety of reasons. And it was only partially because people act like acted like the team would collapse if Jordan Wheel was not protected in the expansion draft, and he was not, but he was also not taken. So Jordan Wheel had a really strong finish to last season. Um, and and is not carried through this season. He's been okay. He's also been stuck with. Well, no, I won't even say that he's been stuck with crap because in that middle six, he was with Patrick and Simmons for a lot of the time. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Jordan Wheel, and it's possible that it was the fluke that. He was really good last season. It's possible. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people come to Nolan's defense. Um, hello from Japan. Hell yes. Um, okay. Penalty killers. Um. Oh, oh, I'm getting, <laughs> I'm now getting to the point where people are guessing which, which flyer, which former flyer was reading the, resi- was leading the resistance against Steve Haxtell. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that one of you guessed correctly. Multiple of you have guessed correctly. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, Mike. That's a very nice thing to say. Um, <laughs> Evan says, if that was an optimized lineup, then we know Haxtell won't keep it that way for Friday. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do on Friday. I, I believe, I, I think that, and I, I said it not too long ago, that Haxtell is out of his depth. Haxtell is out of his depth, and I don't know what he's going to do 
to, to get get it back, to, to get some kind of control over what is happening with the team. I, I, I don't know what he can do. And I do know that his one his the one tool that he had in his tool belt last season was to scratch a young player. And I swear to God, if he scratches one of the young players, I am going to the Wells Fargo Center and I am knocking on doors until somebody lets me in. Um, from Pete, hopefully we have a new coach by Friday. And Corey is asking, who out there is available that's a better coach? All great questions. Um, so before the season started, I kind of said, all right, I'm going to wait until Thanksgiving before I decide what, what this team is and what we're going to do with them. Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and I've already made up my mind, which is not shocking. Um, it's it's time, and it, it's time for something to be done about Hackstall, even if it's just a wake-up call, even if it's to send a message to the core players, this is not good enough. Look at what you're doing on the ice. Look at how the results are not tangible. It is not good enough, and the, the organization is not going to stand for it. Something needs to be done. Now, this is not at all to say Dave Haxtell is a sacrificial lamb. Dave Haxtell cannot effectively manage an NHL team, and that's just what it is. He has done a couple things correctly. One of those was to move Giroux to wing and put Couturier as 1C. That has worked out, and it's amazing, and it is very, very good for the future of this franchise. I don't know if there's anything else that he's done well. I really, really don't. Um, I, I have these conversations. I have these conversations on Twitter with a lot of people, and, and I, I talk mostly with um, Jake and John, and they say that Dave Haxtell is learning. He's learning on the job, and he's learning with the young players that he was brought here to develop. So... I can see that kind of. So I, I don't know whether his system has changed enough for it to make a difference. Um, I don't know whether his decision-making has changed enough for it to make a difference. I know that his goalie management is still not good. Um, his roster management still not good. I know, I know that Andrew McDonald is going to get top pairing minutes as soon as he comes back, and that is not good for this team. Um, who else is out there? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think that Lappy should probably be gone before the end of this year, and, and that's something that should have been done in the offseason as, as opposed to halfway through a season, it, the PK has not been good, and it's it's time to make a change there. Uh, I'm going to go back to the comments now. So, Mike, so many things wrong. One, we don't have an edge with Gudis out. Two, can't finish. We had them on the ropes late in the third, couldn't finish. Three, we lose so many battles. I'm referring to non-physical types. Two players going for a loose puck. Flyers time after time after time didn't win. Four OT. We can't even get a shootout anymore. When we do the other team is is above sixty six percent. So 
to the first part we don't have an edge with Gudis out that might be one of the reasons why they called up Sam Moran like that dude's a beast he, he intimidates the hell out of players but he's also going to get all all of the weak calls are, are not going to go Philadelphia's way because he's so big and everything looks so egregious when he does it um, everything else I agree with you I agree with you um, Joseph wants to know when do they take the C away from Claude Giroux leadership is the big problem has been since he has been captain not that they have a viable replacement so I really don't understand why people are so fixated on who is captain and who is not. So if you're a leader, you're going to be a leader whether your sweater has a letter on it or not. If you're a leader in the locker room, you're going to have a voice, whether you have the C or not. Um, and I don't think that it really matters that much. I understand that it's it's a big deal in terms of um, like like pomp and ceremony, and it's like a it's a thing, it's a status thing. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's a letter, and if you're a leader, you're going to be a leader regardless of the C. If you strip the C from Claude Giroux, do you think that that makes things better? Do you think the team gets happier and starts working together more? I don't think so. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I'm still getting over my cold from last week. I'm sure that you can hear that. Um, Corey, you mentioned locker room grumbling about Hackstall, but how much weight can we put on that when I'm pretty sure Jake said Barubi was the best coach he ever had at the time? I was actually reading a thing about Craig Barubi today and how his players just love him. And not and the head coach job was not good for him. Uh, so now he's a, he's an assistant coach down in St. Louis, and they they love him. All of the players that have played for him love him. So I not a good head coach, but as far as assistant coaches go, it's probably not a bad guy to have in the room. Um, Rick, hello from Vermont. Hello in Vermont. How do we save our PK besides firing Lappy? Um, they need a new system. They need something that works. I don't think it's the personnel. I, I really, really think that it's the system. Um, I'm going to mess up this name, so I'm just going to say it like I think it is. Eves, how was Sam? Uh, Sam was okay. He had some jitters. Uh, took a couple penalties where he should not have, but he was okay. He, he had a couple good passes. He had a couple hits. Um, he was okay. Brian, do you think the Flyers are headed to a downward spiral and will have a bottom five record when all is said and done? I'm very concerned right now. So... Last I looked, and I haven't looked at the standings today, the Flyers were a the bottom bottom nine, so they were the ninth worst team in the league. 
I don't believe that that has gotten better with the overtime loss today. They did get a point, but it's a point. It's Things are not good in Flyerland, so their record is good enough for a playoff spot in no division. Even in the Atlantic, where things are a little bit more nice and cushy, they're not good enough to be in a playoff spot in the Atlantic. They're not good enough to be in a playoff spot in Central or the Pacific. They're, they're not good. And that's just how it is. They're not good. The Metro is an incredibly difficult and tight division, and they're not going to make the playoffs this year. If you think that they're, they're a bubble team, I applaud your optimism. They're in the bottom of the division, and every other team is better than them or got better in the offseason. We also got better in the offseason, but not at the same pace as those other teams. It sucks. Like it's going to be it's going to be a rough ride for the next year or two, which is why I want to see some of these kids up. I want them to start growing together. I, I need them to start putting things together towards the future that we've been promised, right? Because I, I know, I know that I am so sick of this mediocrity bullshit. And I know that you guys are sick of just living in this mediocre promise of a future that we're not seeing. I, I know this. Um, it, it's time. It is time to start seeing what is next, what what the future holds. It's time. Um, let me take a look. Oh, God. If someone mentioned Dan Bilesma as the next head coach for this team, I'm about to log off. Dan Bilesma. Oh, my God. Excuse me. My nose is running. Um... Christopher wants to know where the cat is. Shenner is still running around. Come here, bud. Come here, buddy. He'll come up in a second. I've got another cat laying right here, and I've got the dog over there. Um, Francis wants to know, can the season simply be over? The players play like it. It's true. Um, Ryan, Ryan's coming through here with some positivity. Flyers are very young. I'm enjoying watching the development of the young players. I never expected them to be competitive this year. Absolutely. No, I love watching the, the young players develop. I love watching Travis Sanheim go from AHL defenseman to number seven defenseman to legitimate top four defenseman in two months has been incredible to witness and I have always been super super high on Travis Sanheim so it's it's been incredible to witness no they were not going to be competitive this year but I expected to not see the same things that we've been seeing and that's that's what my biggest frustration is I think just that this team has the same problems but the people that we've been able to pin the problems on year after year are disappearing, right? So the, the it was the goalies last year. Well, Brian Elliott's pretty good this year. He's got a pretty good save percentage in the month of December, and they're still not winning games. 
there is something wrong with the forward core. There is something wrong with the way that they execute and the way that they don't execute. And I don't know whether it's not, they're not being held accountable. I don't know. I don't know. But there's something wrong. And there's a shakeup that needs to happen. I don't know what it is, and I don't know if changing the lines is going to be enough. Oh, God, I'm seeing Dan Bilesma's name again. I hate Dan Bilesma. <laughs> um, let's see. Drink more wine. That'll take care of the cold. I'm going to do that. Francis is growing tired of Hextall, but he's fine with losing. At some point, we need to turn the corner, and, and it's not happening quickly enough. So I don't think you're wrong. Um, Donald, what is the shelf life on Hack? Is he on his way out, or is Hexy going to stick with his methods and coaching of this young team? So Hextall was brought in to coach and, and mentor the young players. And it doesn't seem like he's doing that very effectively. It seems like he is he is managing the veterans' egos a lot better than he is managing the the youth and developing their talent. I thought in the off season, and I'm trying to choose my words carefully. Um, I thought in the offseason, if we had another beginning to this season, as we did last year, which, as you remember, was rough, that Hackstall would be gone around the new year. This season is rough, and I think we're now in a worse place this season than we ever were last season in, in the rankings and in the standings. It's possible there's a shakeup. It's also possible that Hextall or Hextall decides to stay the course. I've I've not been able to read Hextall very well. And that's that's just that's on me. Mostly because I think he'll be a lot more aggressive than he ever is and he's shown me time and time and time again that he is not going to be that aggressive GM that I expect him to be. So there's a really, really good chance that he doesn't make a change. I can't imagine that if we miss the playoffs again this season and Hackstall is still around, that there's not a change before the beginning of next season. I can't imagine that being the case. Uh, John, Ghost isn't playing well lately. I think he needs to sit a game. Sitting players is not the answer. Not playing hockey is not going to make you a better hockey player. You need to play through, and you need a coach that is going to support you and a coach that is going to coach you in the areas that you're, you're underperforming. Sitting does not make a good hockey player. Watching games from above is something that you can do at home or in the practice facility. Sitting does not make you a better hockey player. Um, 
Mike. I think Moran belongs on this team. He could fit right in. How about Moran and Gudis on the same line, the human bowling balls? I Right now, I would love to see that. I'm very interested in that becoming reality. Um, from Michael, they need to be more aggressive on their PK. The system is sit back, condense into the goalie, use the body to block shots. They need to attack, force the other team's power play to make quicker decisions and crisp pass, passes to the tapes. Absolutely, yes. So they did have one PK shift like this tonight where they did spend most of the PK in their own zone, in, in the offensive zone. My computer continues to shake. Um, they had a lot of shorthanded chances. This team is capable of doing that. I don't know why it doesn't happen more frequently. Uh, let's look here. So from Mike, Hextall does still need to fix Holmgren's mess, though. So let's talk about that for a second here, because there's not a whole lot of, of Paul Holmgren's contracts left on this team. So if we take a look, Claude Giroux, his extension was a Paul Holmgren, I believe. Um, um, if we look at Andrew McDonald, Ron Hextall was around for the Andrew McDonald contract. Um, who else? Del Weiss was a Dave Hextall. I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. Oh, Ron Hextall. Um, so there's not there's not a whole lot of of Paul Holmgren contracts still left on this roster. So there's not a whole lot of mess that still needs to get cleaned up. Uh, so Matt, look at the Pens in 2009. They were the worst, worst team in the league and won the cup. Don't give me that crap. They won't miss the playoffs. So they fired their coach mid-season, and it was very clear that the talent was there on the team, obviously. They're a very talented team. Um, oh, 2009 wasn't when they fired their coach mid-season. I'm, I'm a little bit drunk. <laughs> but anyway... Um, they have talent. The talent is very clear on the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you look at the Philadelphia Flyers, the talent is not as clear. Yes, you could say a handful of guys are talented because a handful of them are, but are they consistent? Are they top of the league players? Probably not. Um, Christopher, the kid Martell is fast as balls he can play. Yep. <laughs> from Dave, Hack is really good at one thing, standing there with a blank look on his face. Okay. Bilesma. Dan Bilesma. I keep seeing this name. I keep seeing this name, Dan Bilesma. Dan Bilesma is a disaster. Dan Bilesma could not coach his way out of a paper bag. Dan Bilesma ruined... Team USA. I'm now talking about the Olympics. I don't give a shit about his history with the Penguins. I'm talking about the Olympics and how Dan Bilesma sucks. Cannot handle talent. Uh, Lib, your commentary is so poor. While McDonald, 
Now, I don't know if you're talking about Andrew McDonald or Colin McDonald, because you spelled the name Colin McDonald. Let's just be clear here. May have been bad in the past. He has played good this year. Please put down the wine. You lose any credibility you may have. So, all right, you want, we can talk about Colin McDonald because that's the name that you spelled. Colin McDonald used to be an Islander, and now he is a Phantom. He is the captain of the Phantoms, and the Phantoms are a good team. I will not put down my wine. Go fuck yourself. Um, okay, Bilesma, Bilesma, Bilesma. <sighs> Uh, Brian, I can't say something is wrong with the forward core. They just neither score enough nor stop enough goals. Maybe. I, I think there's something wrong. It's, their job is to score goals. Their job isn't to stop goals, so I'm not as concerned about that. But um, they need to score goals. Oh, Gary, coming through with Team USA. Thank you. Donald seems like Hack is more of a knee-jerk reaction coach than a, a developmental coach. I am severely disappointed like Chip Kelly and the Eagles. Yes. Exactly like Chip Kelly and the Eagles. And Chip Kelly got, what, three seasons? We're entering our third. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jason, Hextall been horrible at signing free agents as well. Hextall draft is very good, but signing free agents is awful. Agreed completely. No Bilesma, no Torts. Yeah. Okay, so now we're talking about we're talking about Andrew McDonald, Andrew MacDonald. Okay, Andrew MacDonald is at best, at best, a third pairing defenseman. That is not how that is not how Dave Haxtall plays Andrew McDonald. Dave Haxtall plays Andrew McDonald as if he can play 30 minutes a night alongside Ivan Provorov. Andrew McDonald cannot do this. He is, he is speaking of players and, and people being out of their depth, playing 30 minutes a night against the best competition in the NHL is not Andrew McDonald's skill set. He is, he is not being put in a position to succeed. And that is a disservice to him as a player. It is a disservice to his defensive partner. And it is a disservice to us that has to watch. So it's it's a lose-lose, right? So Andrew McDonald is not good as a first-pairing defenseman. That is what I will say. Uh, Jordan, thoughts on Martel in his first game? I love him, and I want to keep him. I want to keep him up here. We need his speed, and we need his... I, I don't know how to say it. 
I don't know what the word is, um, energy. I think that that's probably the best way I can put it. We need his energy. We need him to not be so affected by the losing streak like the rest of the forwards are. Uh, let's see. Oh, Chris coming in with the good news. 76ers won by 20 points tonight. If we're not all on the Sixers bandwagon, we need to be. Okay. The twin brothers from Slapshots. Uh, Jason, McDonald is not as big a liability as Ghost is Honey. Would you call Bill Honey is the question that I have for you. Um, McDonald cannot stop a goal to save his life. He also cannot score a goal nine out of ten nights. Ghost has recently not been able to stop goals. I'd say we give him 50%, right? More than 50% of the time, he will be able to score them. So he is not as big of a liability as Andrew McDonald because he at least does something well, whereas Andrew McDonald does not. Uh, let's see. Need the brothers from Slapshot. Trust the process. Trust the process. Um... I am not very drunk. This is the same glass of wine that I've had for the past hour. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Please. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, Dave, as bad as we've been, we're actually only eight points out of first place in our division. Yes, but in those eight points is every other team in the division. So it's not like we are going to score points and they're not. Everybody is going to continue scoring points at a pace that is going to outplay the Flyers. They're not going to be able to catch up. And if they can, there's still a lot of teams they're going to have to jump to be able to be, even be in a wild card spot. Like they have to they have to leapfrog the Hurricanes. Like I I know I know how the stat people feel about the Hurricanes and they they own just a, a very tiny portion of my heart as well. I want them to do well. But let's look at the Hurricanes, right? Like They're just not a team that we thought going into the season would be better than the Flyers, and here we are. Uh, let's see. Okay, all right. So Jason is getting a little bit aggressive, and I'm not here for that. Um, I don't know what's being said anymore because people are now just going back and forth with each other and that's fine. That's part of why we do this, right? So, um, I'm going to wrap up here because I've been talking to you guys for an hour. Um, 
happy Thanksgiving. The Flyers play again on Friday. I don't know who is doing the post game. It's probably going to be Kelly. I believe that she signed up to do the post game on Friday. So everybody have a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. Um, and yeah, that's it. Have a great rest of your night. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.